Well, tonight I'm going to share a simple message that I believe hits all of us at times, and for most of us, it hits us pretty often, a lot more often maybe than we'd like to admit, but all of us have times in our life when we just don't know what to do. And I said, you know, it's more often than we think, because a lot of the time we think we know what to do, and we don't really, but anybody else besides me figure that out? Okay, well, maybe, maybe you got to be a certain age. I don't know, or, you know, yeah. But anyway, we all go through things we don't understand. We all have times when we're just at a loss. I mean, we don't have a clue. And so the title tonight is, well, what to do when you don't know what to do. I have a whole lot of experience in this area. Now, I don't know if that makes me an expert in this area or a complete idiot in this area, but I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of times I don't know what to do. In fact, um, for, in ministry, this started for me really early. I was called into ministry when I was 18 years old, just before I graduated high school, and uh, radically changed my plans and began uh, to pursue that direction. And it seemed like forever to me. Uh, but three years later, I became a youth pastor. And you know, three years, actually looking back now, I'm like, wow, that was really fast. And I was really young. I was 21. But at the time, I remember those three years. You know how it is when you're young. Three years is like so long. And so I, I, I'm... Praying and I'm wanting this, I'm desiring this with all my heart and just, you know, just burned inside of me. I wanted to be a youth pastor so bad and just couldn't hardly stand it. And then I became a youth pastor and I remember, I remember one day I'm in my office and I turned the lights off and I got on my knees and I began to cry. And say, Lord, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Here I was, the guy had all the plans, you know, I was going to do this, I'm going to do that. I thought I knew. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't have a clue what to do. That's like some people, they know all about how to raise kids until they have them. You know what I'm saying? But I just want you to know. All of us end up here at some time or another, and most of us, it's pretty often. In fact, I think that for some of us, there's even little things, maybe almost daily, where we don't really know for sure what we should do. And so this is a message that can really help all of us if we'll hear it, because we all have those times. You know what even happened to the Apostle Paul? And just so you know, even great spiritual leaders, this happens to them. And, you know, sometimes I think the enemy, he's also called the accuser of the brethren. Here's the accusation he'll bring against you. Well, if you were spiritual, you'd know what to do. Well, I got to tell you, it happened to the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. You ever been perplexed? You don't know what to do? Maybe a little confused, he says, but we're not in despair. And neither should we be, because we all go through those things 
things we didn't expect, maybe unexpected bills. What are you going to do? Maybe even the loss of a job. You know, a lot of times things happen in life that don't seem fair. It just something comes right out of the blue. Sometimes even tragedies, serious illnesses come and uh, wow, when you're dealing with something like cancer, there's all kinds of decisions that have to be made and how do you know what to do? And then sometimes even the loss of a loved one, you know, it can just bring so many questions to your mind and there's things that you have to decide and it can just be such a difficult time, you know, in that you just trying to find your way forward. What do you do? Sometimes in life, we just come to a fork in the road and, you know, you have to pick one way or the other. Should I take this job? Should I get involved in this ministry? Should I give to this need? Times when we, maybe we realize we've been in a rut too long and we need to make a change, but what change? A lot of choices in life. And to a great degree, to a great degree, I'm being very specific about how I word this, all right? To a great degree, where we are in life right now was determined by the choices that we made in the past. And to a great degree, see, I'm not saying everything. I'm saying to a great degree, where you're going to be in five, ten years or however long down the road is being determined by choices that you make right now. And so it's so important that we know what to do. Sometimes we make hard choices. You know, you ever had those choices where it's a lose-lose, like you don't want to pick either? Sometimes we have those. And, you know, no matter which way you choose, it just seems like it's not going to be good. So what do you do when you want, don't know what to do? When you're perplexed, when you're unsure, when you're uncertain, confused, maybe even lost, what do you do? Here's the first thing you do. I know you're just going to be like wowed with this. Pray. <laughs> I know it's so simple, but we need to be reminded this is the first thing you do. And somehow when I was 21 years old, I got that one right because I fell on my knees and I said, God, I don't know what to do. That's a good place to start when you tell God you don't know what to do. We humble ourselves before the Lord and he says he'll lift us up. But I'm just telling you that this is the first and foremost thing that we do. And we, we need to hear it tonight and be reminded it's how we find direction. We go to the shepherd. He guides our paths in righteousness. He says, this is the way, walk ye in it. He'll show us. But when you don't know what to do, you ask God. So you need, you need not just man's wisdom, we need God's wisdom. And so we ask him. James 1, 5 through 8 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. It's not automatic. You have to ask. You know why? Because he wants us to ask. See, if it was automatic, we just think it's us. No, we need God's wisdom. And he says, ask. So we ask, ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing or with no doubting. Sorry, I get my King James mixed up in here sometimes. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. 
Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. And here's what I have to say. You see, whether it's this promise or any other promise from God, we have to believe the promises of God. That's how, that's, you know, that's always how they're appropriated. Sometimes there's other conditions, but this one is always there. We got to believe the promises. And you know, when you ask God for wisdom, here's what I've learned. Probably most of the time, it's not instant. Most of the time, I mean, it's not like you clicked on a button and you got it downloaded. It doesn't usually happen that way. And, but here's what I want to say about that. You see, we can't get to that place where, oh, well, I didn't get nothing. No, don't waver. You got to believe. Listen, if it was always just instant, you know, just like that, we, we're just so used to everything being instant. We want this microwavable Christianity. You can't microwave a relationship with God. You can't microwave hearing from God all the time. And I'm just telling you that you're, you're going to have to realize that sometimes you pray and you ask, and that's when you have to continue to believe and not waver. Anybody cannot waver for two seconds. So you got you to gotta continue to believe and trust God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He says, don't let that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. See, so we got to believe when we ask in faith. It may not come the way you thought, and it may be something that you never would have imagined, but believe that he will give you the wisdom. You know, I remember in the 2020 year, there were so many unknowns, and it was a difficult time for, well, everybody, just uncharted territory, and certainly for pastors. I know for me, uh, one of the ways I can categorize that year is it was the year of praying for wisdom. It was so many decisions and choices to be made. And um, I know I'm not as smart as some people. I didn't know what to do about a lot of things, but I know who does. And the way we get those answers is we pray about those things and we pray and we pray and God is faithful. Now I have to tell you that uh, I didn't make everybody happy. Isn't it amazing how often God doesn't make everybody happy? You know, I think that year he didn't make everybody happy, but making everybody happy wasn't really my goal. I just wanted to please the Lord and, and, and in and, and the process, maybe kept some people happy. I don't know. But here's, here's all I'm saying to you is you see, we all go through those things. And what are you going to do when perplexing times come? Oh, you're just going to begin right here. Always begin right here. Pray. Because he knows what to do. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus says, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So when you pray for wisdom... Believe you receive. Uh, that doesn't mean that you get up and you say, I, I know everything now. <laughs> but you believe that God has given you the wisdom, that he's going to show you somehow. He's going to give you direction. You see, if you've got a sincere and open heart, I, I really believe that the one who has the answers, he's going to help you when you need it because he knows the beginning and the end. 
We don't always get our answers like we want to, but I'm telling you that is always first and foremost what you do is you go to God in prayer with a humble and honest heart, open heart so you can hear. And he's able to speak to you with that still small voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So now some people, again, they want it microwavable. You know, it's like I ask and not hear, like right now. And so the next thing that pops in my head must be God. Listen, that's how people end up crazy. There's nobody crazier than a religious nut. And people start thinking that everything that pops in my head must be God. They are some kind of messed up. No, God speaks to us inside. It is an inward witness. It is a knowing. And yes, he could speak to you in your mind. He can speak to you in an audible voice. He can write on the wall. He can send an angel. He can do it however he wants to. But most often, it is something that we just know deep down inside in our spirit. And he speaks to us that way. He doesn't yell in your ear. He speaks in our heart. But there are so many distractions and voices around us all the time. I'm not talking about literal voices, but I'm talking about just the busyness, the, the noise of life. And even when we pray, too often we are doing a rush job. And sometimes for us, especially, you know, if, if we're, you know, we go in and we tell God what we need, but especially if you're wanting to hear from God, you need to take some time just to sit and be quiet in the presence of the Lord. And I, you know, I'm covering a lot of issues, a lot of different areas tonight. You know, I don't have time to really teach a, a lot on how to hear from God, but I can, I can tell you this, that it takes a relationship and it takes time in the presence of the Lord. You know what? I am certain of this though. The apostle Paul was a spiritual man and prayed a lot. And I am certain that in that situation where he was perplexed, that he had been praying. Don't you think? Yes. I'm sure that he had been praying and yet he was perplexed. And so when you pray and yet you still feel like I don't, still don't know what to do, that's when you keep believing and keep trusting God that he's going to show you. And, you know, I just want to give you a few little things that maybe will help you during those times when, you know, you know the Lord has the answers and you're like, why doesn't he tell me? You know, sometimes if we truly have our heart right and we want to hear and we're willing to hear what God would say, you know, it's hard to hear what God would say if you don't want to hear what he's saying. But if, if our heart's really right and yet we're still not hearing, we need to understand that maybe there is a purpose in the silence. He knows things we don't know, but I can tell you this, that you can trust him even in the silence or maybe what is just delay. You know, maybe it's a matter of faith and trust on our part. As I said, it doesn't, it doesn't take much faith to believe for one second, but when we have that trying of our faith and, you know, it produces that perseverance and that makes us complete and entire in him, mature, not lacking anything. I just, I'm just telling you, God always has a purpose that maybe we're not ready for the answer right now. 
I know there's been things in my life when the answers finally came, I was not ready for that before. And sometimes maybe we just couldn't handle the answers that we're asking for. Have you ever had a four-year-old ask you some things that they didn't need to know? Yeah. And I see some of us were like, oh, I'm not a four-year-old. I'm... Listen, but compared to the knowledge of the creator who knows absolutely everything, I mean, we know practically nothing. I can assure you he knows some things that's too much for us. And so we just need to, you know, in those times we pray and we're asking for wisdom, he'll give us the wisdom that we need, but he may not answer all your questions. Now, you see, I wouldn't be sharing this message tonight if we all got simple, clear answers every time we prayed, but this is the starting place that you pray. And believe it or not, that's the longest point. We're going to go faster now, but you know, we'll spend the most time on the most important thing, right? And even if you don't find your answer immediately when you pray, that is the starting place in this process always. Second, go to the Word. Oh, I wowed you again, didn't I? I know I'm giving you the basics. This is simple. Now, simple doesn't mean easy, right? But you see, a lot of the time, life is super complicated. <laughs> oh, man, can life be complicated. But when it is... We need to remember the simple things. You pray and you go to the word. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It will show you the right way. And it shows us his way. You know, most of the decisions that we have to make in life are pretty well laid out for us in the word of God. I know some people don't think so. They think that most of their life, the answers aren't in the book. Oh yes, they are. You need to spend more time in the book. And even when it doesn't specifically address your specific situation, I can assure you that the principles of the word of God will guide you like a light in that situation, it speaks to us. And I'm telling you, it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We need to read it. We need to spend time meditating it, just going over it, thinking it. But besides reading it for ourselves, we also need to hear it preached. We need to hear it taught. And somehow this has kind of lost value to a lot of people, but it's amazing how often in the scripture that God uses someone to speak a word to somebody else. And you see, a lot of the time when God gives us a word, it's going to come through a vessel at just the right time. You know, I'm not telling, I'm not into this thing, you know, where we're going to get personal prophecies from everybody. Listen, Whatever you get from, the, from somebody else and you believe from the Lord, it has to be something that you know bears witness with your spirit, that you know it's God. You ever heard the word preached or taught and you thought, man, so-and-so needed to hear that. 
See, some some of you might be thinking that tonight. So-and-so, they needed to hear this tonight. Have you ever been so-and-so? But the Holy Spirit is able to speak to you, to give you exactly what you need through the word. He chooses to work this way so often. You know, Jesus told the disciples, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that I've taught you. He'll guide you into truth. And you see, as we look to the word, we don't ever just do that with a carnal mind, but we're trusting the Lord to lead us and guide us and give us the principles that we need to show us the way. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I want you to notice that it divides between soul and spirit. A lot of people are really confused about that. They think that's the same thing. It is not the same at all. The Word of God divides between soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit is that part of you that is born of God. When Jesus talked about being born again, he said you must be born of the spirit. And you see, that spirit, it's born of God. I mean, it's, it's in tune with God, but that old soul, your mind, will, and emotions, it can lead you the wrong direction. Now, in this world, you see, people are led by their soul, but so many Christians allow their soul to dictate their decision-making process. No, we don't go by how we feel or just I think this and I think that. No, we go by the Holy Spirit leading us. And how can you know, is this just my soul or is this the Spirit? I want to tell you, the Word of God divides between soul and spirit. You stick with the Word always because whatever God says, it will always line up with His Word. And so, you see, when we're trying to make decisions, you can't just go by how you feel. That is such a lie. It is such a deception. So many believers think, well, I just feel like, no, what is God saying? What, you know, listen, people do this about their giving and it disgusts me the way some people try to play on people's heartstrings to get them to give. Don't ever give just because your heartstrings are being pulled. You give in obedience to God. You see, you got to do that by, by following the leading of your spirit. And how can you know the difference? Oh, the word divides between soul and spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh, well, God wants me to be happy. Well, happy are the people whose God is the Lord, and that's not how you make your decisions. You know, that's that's people just living by their emotions. And it's amazing to me how people get crazy ideas, you know, when they're being led by their feelings. Like the guy that came to me after service one day wanted me to pray that his girlfriend's husband would understand that they want to be together. That's not how I prayed, by the way. But you can't be led by your feelings. And, you know, we ought to know better. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
the word of God. The word of God reveals the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we pray and we stay in the word until we know what to do. It's not always easy, but it is that simple. Third, trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. When you've done what you know to do, not what you think, but what you know you're supposed to do, well, then you trust him. I mean, when you don't understand, when you want to ask why, you know, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. This is a, a good thing. We always trust the Lord, but when you don't know what to do, that's what you do. You trust God. You pray, you stay in the word, and you trust him because he's trustworthy. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. It is amazing how God can somehow work it all together for good. And people will say, but how could God possibly Turn this for good. Well, you know, the story of Joseph just makes it so simple. When his brothers sold him into slavery and then he was thrown, falsely accused and thrown into prison. How can God make any good out of that? Well, God did. He raised him up as a great leader and it was to the saving of many lives, the Bible says. God used him to save thousands and thousands, if not millions of people from hunger, from a great famine. And I, I just know this, that no matter how it may look, our God is able to turn it around. That's a God that you can trust. And so even when it just looks horrible and you're, you're perplexed and don't understand, that's the time to trust the, the Lord with all your heart. You look to him and trust him. You know, here's the thing. When we don't know what to do, we can't see and, and we don't get clear direction. Well, let me tell you, in that time, while you're waiting for clear direction, you're waiting to come out on the other side of this. If you learn to trust him, it's so sweet. You know, I preached that message not long ago, but you know, you can fret and you can sweat and you can be upset or you can trust him while you're waiting for that direction and that knowing of what to do. This is what to do when you don't know what to do. You trust the Lord. Now, he also said, and this is number four, lean not to your own understanding. God's way is not always illogical like some people want to portray, but we need to know that we don't always have to have it all figured out. <laughs> said early on, sometimes we think we know and we don't. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Sometimes we think, oh, this looks good. There's been a whole lot of people that thought that and married the wrong person. Okay, moving on. I remember one time when I pastored a church for a short time and I decided that I was going to go back in youth ministry. And some of you probably heard this story before, but I... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why in the world, but 
there were three churches that gave me the opportunity to come and I didn't know which one to go to. And so I listed them out and listed the pros and cons and picked the best one. And that was one of the worst years of my life. (laughs) Wasn't it? I learned a lot and God worked it all out for my good. But I'm just saying that ain't the way you do it. And if you got some decisions to make, don't lean on your own understanding. Now, I'm not talking about checking your brain at the door, you know. No, I, I, that's, yeah, we use our brain. And yes, we, we're supposed to have, you know, some wisdom to help us make daily choices and stuff. But I'm just telling you, we need to be careful that we don't just assume things and that we don't lean on your own understanding, he says. And we don't lean on our understanding. We're leaning on the Lord's wisdom, trusting him, you know, and time we live in, I can't believe how often, even in Christian circles and even in Christian music, people will say things like believe in yourself and trust in yourself. And I'm like, no, I have let myself down way too many times. I'm not doing that. I'd rather trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. Fifth, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways to acknowledge him, it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. It means that you're looking to him all the time. But in your ways, to acknowledge him in your ways, he's talking about what you do, right? So we acknowledge the Lord in what we do by being obedient, by doing what is right. See, when you get into a situation where you're confused, you're perplexed or it's difficult, I tell you, a lot of the time, that's where we end up doing something that isn't really right, isn't really obeying the Lord. And you see, we're gonna, if we're going to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, then we're always looking to do what would please the Lord. And he's faithful to help us if we do that in all your ways acknowledge him. You honor him, you glorify him in whatever you do. You know, it's when you feel like you're at the end of the rope, sometimes that's when you're tempted to cheat, to cut corners, maybe even to do wrong. You know, you're not being treated right at your job. You're praying about leaving. And you feel like you're just not being paid right, not being treated right somehow. There's a real temptation for you to not do your best. And that's wrong. That doesn't glorify God. And it's disobeying the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. We always do our very best, even when we're not paid right or not treated right. We're trusting the Lord to reward us. You do what you know to do. That, all, that pleases the Lord. You obey his word. See, in all your ways to acknowledge him, that's to do his will. Sometimes people want the Lord's will in one area they're praying about, but they're not doing God's will in other areas of their life. And that doesn't please the Lord. That's not how you get direction from the Lord. See, we need to be obedient to the Lord and do what he expects of us. Then he will 
direct our paths. You know, sometimes life can be kind of like, well, walking in the dark almost. And, you know, when, like if you have a lantern, God, God doesn't always give you way down the road. He just gives you your next step. And so we just obey the Lord and what we have today, what we're doing right now. And I'm talking about in the simple things, you see, because we're looking for big answers, but we just have to continue to acknowledge the Lord, looking to him and obeying him and keep trusting in him, walking by faith, not by sight. Six, be still. <laughs> Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. Now I'm gonna say this a clarification. There's a lot of, lot of people that need to do something. They need to obey God. I mean, the Lord has already given them direction, whether it's through his word or by his spirit. However, they know there's something they need to do. They need to take action. But there's also times when we just need to wait on God. We need to be still and know that he's God. Be willing to let him move. You know, the children of Israel, when they left Egypt, the Egyptian army pursued after them and they cornered them at the Red Sea. And the Lord, well, here it is. It's Exodus 14, three. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Now notice this. Here's this huge army coming after them. What are the two things you normally do? Well, you, it's fight or flight, right? I mean, either you're gonna turn and we're gonna fight or we're gonna get out of here but it was stand still. And you see, sometimes when you're really under pressure and you got that fight or flight feeling, I'm just telling you, God wants you to stand still. He wants you to be still and know that he's God and wait for his deliverance. See, sometimes that is the answer. What do I do? What do I do? Be still. Now, at the right time, when God parted the sea, then he said, go forward. But you see, I just want you to be aware of this. There are times when you're waiting on an answer and that's okay because the answer is, is for you to be still right now. He's still God. He's still in control. You don't need to panic even though the army is pursuing after you. Can you imagine what that was like for them? So when you don't have clear direction, sometimes you just shouldn't do anything. I remember when we were trying to choose a builder and I, um, well, we leased a space and I wouldn't sign a lease for more than 18 months, which was really difficult because most places like that, commercial places, want to lease for like five years or so. And um, I, I wouldn't sign a lease for more than 18 months because I thought we'll have a church built in 18 months. Mm -hmm. 
And we interviewed so many builders. I talked to so many builders. When I talked to them, I, did, I don't mean I had a 15-minute phone conversation. I mean, we met with them for hours and this went on for days with them and, you know, just on and on and on. And seven years later, we moved into this building. But it took us five and a half years to pick the right builder until we had a real piece about it. And I'm just saying that sometimes you just have to be still. You got to wait until God says to go forward. Last. Oh, what? let me give you the verse for that. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You, and you just, you shouldn't move forward until you have peace. And that doesn't mean that, oh, this is easy. No, sometimes you're moving into a battle, but you know you have a peace in your heart. You know that's what you're supposed to do. So, but sometimes you just need to wait, let God move until he says. All right, seventh, keep doing what you know to do. When people go through a hard time, they, they're perplexed and they don't know what to do, the enemy always tries to get them to give up. He always tries to get them to change course. Now, I just want you to hear this. Listen, when you're perplexed, Paul said, we were perplexed, but not in despair. Don't despair. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep doing the things that you know to do. It can be so discouraging and just disillusioning. And, you know, you, you get disquieted inside and maybe even start to feel depressed because, you know, the struggle and just not knowing what you're supposed to do. But we need to remember who the God is that we serve. That he is almighty, that our Father loves us. He is faithful and he keeps his promises. And the, the Bible tells us this in Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. In due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Don't give up, but keep doing good. Keep doing the things that you know to do. The enemy will try to discourage you. He'll try to tell you, well, that didn't work. He'll try to get you to back off. And, you know, I talk a lot about ministry because it's, well, it's been my life for a long, long time. It's, you know, I know a lot about this area. And I have seen so many friends who wanted to be in ministry or even those who were in full-time ministry but when difficult times came and they didn't know what their next step was going to be they didn't know what to do they got discouraged and they got out of ministry and get this a lot of the time they get out of church altogether and the same thing happens to a lot of believers and it all started because they were in a difficult situation. They didn't see a way out. They didn't know what to do and they got discouraged. So keep going to church. That's one of the first things that people do when they get discouraged and confused. Stop going to church. It is the work of the enemy. Keep praying, keep staying in the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep believing the word. Keep meditating it. Keep obeying the word. Keep believing. Some of this stuff I'm going to give you right now. I mean, this, just, this is just stuff we're always, always, always supposed to do. And this is the very kind of thing that you have to keep doing when you don't know what to do. Well, I need this big answer. Here's what you need to do. Keep loving people. 
Keep doing what you know to do. See, well, I'm in this terrible time, you know, and it's so difficult. And you know what the natural temptation there is? Complain. Let me tell you what the will of God is. It's always the will of God for you to give thanks. Always, 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 always. You keep giving thanks. See, keep doing the things that you know to do. Keep praising the Lord. You just keep on. You know, you keep giving. Keep serving. That's another thing that people so often, when they get confused and disillusioned, they, they quit serving. No, keep serving. You keep doing the things you know to do. You keep on keeping on. Seven things. I hope you got a few of them that just really spoke to you tonight, but I really believe this is something all of us need. If you don't need it right now, we'll give it a week. It'll come to you. Amen. Well, stand with me. We're going to pray and be dismissed.